Hello, Raymond. How are we today? Good. I was letting you. I was letting you wind down on that one this week. You know, sorry, I've had a little bit too much to think tonight. So here we go. Get it said drink, drink. Nice song. Good album. Uh, about half and half with me as far as talk yep. albums. I think I mentioned before the. Songs that they released before the album came out are probably the best on the album. There's a couple of good ones besides that, but um, um, Crown of Thorns is a good song. And then everything else yep. they released before the album came out. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. It's got a good riff. What's uh, what's your favorite Meta- Metallica album of all time? Of all time, Master of Puppets. Just because Orion is Same. my favorite. Orion is my favorite song of Maybe top three of all songs in the history of songs in my That album is catalog. fucking incredible. And Orion is an instrumental, but I just love the... There's, it's, yep. Orion is like three or four songs put into one, and I love songs like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the first album I ever heard from them was not the Black Album. I think it was Load. Yeah, probably right, and then right around Reload. that time. It was Load and Reload. It was when I started hanging out with Dusty, so I was in, like, sixth grade. Yep. So it was Load and Reload, and then he let me borrow the Black Album. Sixth mm. or seventh grade is when I got into Metallica. And uh, Black Album, I absolutely love. Uh, Master of Puppets is my favorite of theirs. Um, Ride the Lightning is also another great one. You're talking, al- you're um, talking album, song to song, end to end. It's definitely yeah. Master of Puppets, but the most yes. lyrical, the most lyrical album from them is load because it has hero of the day it has outlaw torn and it has um uh what's the other one bleeding me those three songs okay, alone yeah, yeah. are great catalog songs for lyrics for them is uh fuel on reload yes okay i i love that so that's one of my favorite songs to put on at the gym yep. I yeah i love that song yeah, metallica if I great. go for a walk metallica great yeah. we talk about them all the time new album is pretty good uh, throw back to older older Metallica um, yep. with a little bit of a new twinge. You can tell that they definitely are going after the new generation that went through the Stranger Things last year when they did Master of Puppets. So, um, yes. so yeah, let's jump into the show. Start off with a Fat Fuck segment and a couple of taste tests today. Because I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. A couple of things I wanted to bring up before we get into our taste tests. Um, you already mentioned this before the podcast start, started how disgusting this sounds. Just because Burger King is disgusting. I just, I don't think Burger King is very good at all. Um, you're, their, you're, fake, their fake flavoring they use on yeah. their beef is absolutely disgusting. And you're right about um, that. Yeah, you're you right. basically had to like... And this is like ghost pepper. We did the ghost pepper taste test. Yeah. You basically had to like force me to get that thing. Yeah. And I ate like, I don't know, two bites and I was good with it. Yeah, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't happy with it. I'm also not a huge fan of the Whopper. Uh, I don't like tomatoes nor lettuce uh, on cheeseburgers. Yeah. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, 
I'd, yeah. I mean, McDonald's is disgusting too, but I'd rather go there than fucking Burger King. McDonald's Wendy's hits right. Wendy's is probably the best burger. Yeah. McDonald's, M- McDonald's hits right. Um, burger King is just like, if you want a frozen burger that's yeah. done in a fast way, yeah, go to Burger King. Um, um, nothing nothing special. Yeah. It's like, McDonald's that's why it's number for me, three. For me, McDonald's is hangover food. Like, if you're, you don't know this because you don't drink, but if you're, like, hungover, yeah. uh, double double cheeseburger and a Coke from McDonald's hits so hard. Um, 100%. Yeah, double but cheeseburger I, is the best yeah. thing there. Double cheeseburger is the get best the, thing uh, there. You can ask for the double cheeseburger, make it a Mac, and they'll just put the Mac sauce on for, like, 30 cents extra, so you're only paying, like, $2.30 for a Big Mac, essentially. I'm not a huge They'll fan of the Just Big- like a Big Mac. I'm not a big fan of the Big Mac. Um, and it's Thousand okay. Island. It's, it's okay. The, yeah. uh, I, I like the Thousand Island. The problem with the Big Mac is it's too messy. Yeah. Like, I always, every time I eat a Big Mac, it slides out. The meat slides out. Uh, yeah, phrasing. But, um, yeah. All right. That yeah. was a good talk. <laughs> so, yeah. Burger King coming out with a Red Whopper for Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Comes out next month. Um, I believe the burger comes out in a couple of weeks, but it's gonna be having a, it's gonna have a red bun, red sesame seed bun, I believe Swiss cheese on a flame burrow patty, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, ketchup, mayonnaise, and all the, now, all the stuff they put on a burger. Do you think this is gonna cause people to think there's blood in their stool? Um, remember the the black bun turned their poop like green. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's gonna do that red number, red dye number five, or whatever the hell they put yep. in stuff. They say is not good for you. The thing looks like it's glowing with red dye. So yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, another disgusting thing, and I don't know if you've heard about this this week, but Velveeta has teamed up with a company, a chocolate company called Comparis, I think Comparis or something like that, and they're coming out with these Velveeta shells stuffed chocolates stuffed with Velveeta cheese. So is it chocolate on the outside? It's white. It's a white chocolate shell. It's shaped like the with shells yellow and cheese dye. shell. The shell pasta, gotcha. and it's filled with it's filled with the Velveeta shell, the Velveeta See, cheese. Now, if it was white chocolate that's yellow, filled with white chocolate, that'd be fine. But what are we doing here? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's they come in a five pack. Um, if I can find these, I think they're going to sell out pretty quick though, because I believe they're limited edition, limited time. If I can find them, and I can order them, I will try them for the podcast. I will not. Speaking of trying for the podcast, a couple of things we want to try this week. First thing is, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, the Doritos Sweet and Tangy Barbecue, new flavor of Doritos. Uh, Before we start, what is your favorite flavor of Doritos? Uh, Cool Ranch. Okay, my favorite is Spicy Sweet chili that is pretty good too um the the cool ranch is actually really good if you dip it in guacamole if you think outside of the box that's good doritos the old school way of doing doritos when i was poor i'm still poor but when i was really poor i would take a bag of nacho doritos uh mexican cheese microwave it in the microwave melt the cheese on there and make my own little cheap uh nachos back when i was back in my day I haven't done that in a very, very long time. But today we're trying Doritos Sweet and Tangy Barbecue Flavored. Um, smell like barbecue. Look a little black dusted with uh, barbecue sauce on there. Brown, black, whatever you want to call it. And... Yeah. 
hot take. They're sweet and they're tangy. Tastes, tastes like barbecue. It tastes like barbecue Doritos. They taste exactly how you would think they would taste. Yep. Actually, not bad. I mean, bad. I don't think there's really anything as a bad Dorito. Even nope. the cheese ones are good. Yep. They're good. Decent. Now I gotta drink some Gatorade to wash this down because we're having another taste test. And Gatorade, if you want to sponsor this podcast, go on and reach out to me at Kepco TV on the Twitter. I pay for the blue check mark. That's how you know it's me. I, I really don't pay for the blue check mark, but yeah. Speaking of Twitter, fuck Twitter. I haven't. Why, used why do you say that, Raymond? <laughs> I hadn't the, used it in years until this week because I was so bored at work. And it's it's fun. Elon Musk it's is annoying. Oh, the yeah, way he, he keeps cha- he keeps changing shit. But but he's also not the CEO anymore, so there's that. Yeah, it'll probably it'll probably change back to the the real right way of doing things. Yeah. Now that he's gone, he's still gonna be a part of it. But anyway, yeah. as we digress, um, second thing we're gonna try. UK has their own version of the Milky Way candy bar. They call it the Mars Bar over there, but it is the same exact thing as a Milky Way. It's got the caramel, the nougat. But in the UK, they have a Milky Way. Same name, different label. It's a blue package. Um, And I believe it is a white nougat. A white instead of a... I I believe it's just a regular nougat over here that they put in the Milky Way. Almost looks a lot like um, Three Musketeers, but with white instead of the chocolate. I'm not sure how it's going to taste, but this came from the UK. Amazon order. Um, blue package. Um, like I said, and supposedly the chocolate is better over there than it is over here. So, let's taste test this. Texture of a Three Musketeer. Yeah, I could eat these. Yeah, these are good. These are fucking delicious. I love nougat. Yeah, these are really good. These are, like I said, it's the texture of a Three Musketeer, but it's vanilla. It's not the chocolate like a Three Musketeer, so you get that. You don't get that really hard uh, chocolate bite with it. It's yeah. good. Really good. I wouldn't mind trying more international candies and food and stuff. My, uh... I had a kid that worked at Fox's that went to Amsterdam, I think, to teach um, for schooling. And uh, that's where, wherever he went to, I think it was Amsterdam. It might not be. But uh, Austria? Might have been Austria. I think it was Austria. Um, it's where they make Red Bull. Okay. So, like, over here, there's, like, Red Bull, sugar-free Red Bull. Then there's, like, I don't know, anywhere between... Four to eight different, like, random flavors. Watermelon, blueberry, coconut, blah, blah, blah. He went to there, and they had about 50 different flavors of Red Bull. Hmm. So he brought me back, like, three of them. And one of them was a Coca-Cola Red Bull. And it tasted like a can of Coke. But it had, like, three times the amount of caffeine. It was fantastic. It was wow. awesome. Wow. I never got into Red Bull, before, even before I stopped well, drinking. Well, you don't, yeah. Even before I stopped drinking caffeine, I never got into them. It wasn't really that. I mean, that's back when they only had the one flavor, and that stuff is kind of disgusting anyways. Yeah. The flavored Red Bull's really good. Like, 
They don't sell anymore. But my favorite one they ever did was orange. It tasted like orange soda, but it was Red Bull. You would have liked that one. That one was awesome. Hmm. But I like the coconut and the peach. The peach is really good. It's just not very sweet. Cool. And that's so, yeah. our Red Bull talk. Red Bull talk. Milky Ways are good. Doritos are good. Uh, out of the two, I yeah. like the Milky Ways. I would recommend those. Amazon, like I said, coming in a six-pack on there. I think it was seven ninety-nine. So, not too bad. Look, probably ships locally in America. I only got here in two days, so. So, let's get into our Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 follow-up. I kind of teased it last week that I'd write some more notes on it. Get some more information on the movie after we reviewed it last week. Um, movie's been out for a week. We're going to spoil some of it, but, uh, I don't know, skip the next five minutes. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, get into it. Last week we reviewed the movie, there was Guardians of the Galaxy cast left at the end of the movie that were going to be the next iteration of the Guardians, led by Rocket Raccoon, and it had Kraglin, it had Nebula, it had Groot, a large tree Groot, like a giant size 25 foot Groot, and also had this little girl that they rescued on the high high evolutionary ship, they named her Phyla. And it is based off a character. You had asked me if it was based off a character, and we had no idea at the time. And then later on that night, I did find out it is based on on a character, uh, Phyla Vell. Um, Vell, being the surname of Marvel, which is a Captain Marvel character. Um, I think in the comic books, Mar- Captain uh, Marvel was the Kree warrior that she got her powers from. Um, it was played by Jude Law in um, Captain Marvel. Um, but she is a reference to Phylavel, um, and she was a uh, she was a Captain Marvel character of some kind. I don't know too much about her, but um, yeah, we were wondering what she was. She is related to the Captain Marvel world. I don't think she'll probably be part of that movie, but um, you never know. I think the Guardians may show up lo- later, later down down the line. I don't think maybe anytime soon, but. Um, also, High Evolutionary, the comic book version of High Evolutionary is all red, red-faced. I have a feeling when they took off the mask of the High Evolutionary at the very end, you see the red skull. Um, it's kind of a nod to his original costume, original yep. look in the comic books, where it's all red. Um, yep. Like I said, it's like a it's After like Rocket a red destroyed mask. his face. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, kind of a retcon. Um, Rocket, Drax, and Quill... All had close calls in the movie, which I don't think we mentioned how, how maybe I think we did when we saw when we when we talked about Quill and how we thought he died, but all of them had moments in the movie where you thought they were going to die, and it was purposely done like that. James Gunn did it for dramatic effect, but it was um, every time, like especially when Rocket on the table, and you think you think yeah, he's gonna die. And then when Drax is shot, you think he's going to die. And then when Quill goes into space, you think he's going to die. A lot of dramatic effect to that movie. I think he did a great job with that. Um, and it's also James Gunn's most personal movie. A lot of his friends, a lot of his family are in it. Um, his wife was in it. We didn't mention that. She's, well, she's also in Yeah, she's in everything, but she's in all the DC stuff too. Um, she's, uh, I can't remember her name in, in Peacemaker, but she's in that. Harcourt. Harcourt, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, James Cameron brought a lot of his family and friends in there. Um, we didn't really mention the soundtrack too much last week, um, and its influence on pop culture and reigniting the money flow to a lot of the older artists, um, especially who haven't had anything on the charts or any level of success or play in 20, 30, 40 years. 
You mentioned Florence and the Machine. She's kind of a... Not an indie artist, but she's not a huge artist on Billboard as far as radio play for us. I mean, have you ever heard of a Florence and the Machine song before the movie? Like a full song from her? I don't even know who the fuck that is. It's the last song in the movie that they all sing and dance to that rock ends the movie. Oh, okay. The episode. Yeah, no. Yeah, you never have. But her, <laughs> her, her, her music and now has skyrocketed on iTunes. Same with everybody on those soundtracks. Every time there's a soundtrack that comes out. And like you talk about Redbone, the Indian, the American Indian group that made um, "Come and Get Your Love." That song is popular, but it skyrocketed with the first Guardians, and especially it was on this in, on this last soundtrack too. It was a follow up. There, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the song, but there's one song on that first Guardian soundtrack. It was the it was the guy's only hit song, and he's worth like millions but he's been living off the royalties of that one song and yep. that when they released the soundtrack it like doubled his income yep. for like two years oh yeah yeah that first soundtrack did a lot did huge numbers just selling soundtracks and that we're talking about in streaming days now it might have been was it hooked on a feeling it might have been yes it was it was yes i think it was I, I, on I heard feeling. that too yeah, yeah yeah and that's the thing they're all one hit wonders that he's a lot of them are one but hit wonders that he's you know them all these. you yeah. know them all they're all they're all yeah, generic obviously yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them, like there's a Bowie song in the first one, and, and there's, um, of course, Bruce Springsteen's so- song on this one that was the end credits, but, I mean, for, for the most part, they're all one-hit wonders, and they're all up in the charts now because of the soundtrack, so that's pretty amazing what he's done it's to like, these artists. Remember when CM Punk came out to uh, Cult of Personality? Cult of Personality? Yep. That shit became number one instantly. Uh, and now they're touring. Like, yeah. Yep. Wait. And, like, the Batman did the same thing for the Nirvana song, like... Yep. Yep. But James Gunn did it on a whole different level because he did yep. it for basically 12 to 15 artists yep. on each soundtrack. Yeah, the scope was huge. We didn't really mention that last week, how how much the influence on pop culture is with that yep. soundtrack and an artist that haven't had, had money and income in 30 years and how, how their pockets are filling up now. Um, we didn't mention Craglin and Michael Rooker's cameo either last week. Michael Rooker plays Yondu, had a little quick cameo yep. as a influence to Kraglin trying to get the arrow to work. And as the city is falling apart nowhere, um, Michael Rooker shows up and Kraglin all of a sudden gets his mojo back and can control the arrow. Yep. It was really cool. We didn't mention that. Um, Judy Greer, who is in Ant-Man, she's a bunch of comedy shit. Um, she's the voice of the war pig. Yep. Um, Pete Davidson, uh, I thought he was the, the, the voice of the blob, but he ended up being a voice of one of the... Um, one of the high evolutionaries, like uh, uh, protectors or whatever, I, I can't, I, I don't remember what he was, but he, but they showed him in back background. He was in, he was on set. Um, we didn't really mention talk about Gamora much last week. Um, she did find her family with the Ravagers. We did talk about that, but you believe in this Gamora and her story going in this direction. Um, you, you believe that without joining the Guardians, she's more savage and ruthless and. A true warrior, kind of like her comic book counterpart, um, and it was a perfect choice not to put her and Quill back together at the end of the movie. Yes, um, I, I thought having Gamora being with the Ravagers, you kind of get that would be the natural flow of what Gamora's story would have been if she had attacked Thanos and it had gone the way it did in in, in Endgame. But um, the other thing we didn't talk about much last week was Cosmo. I thought it was great the way they did Cosmo the dog. I thought. Um, Maria Bakalova, who was in was in the second Borat, played Borat's daughter. 
Um, she did the voice of Cosmo, and I think she did an amazing job. And, and Cosmo at the end, she kind of has telekinesis powers. And I thought they did an amazing job with that. And, yeah, we didn't talk about it at all last week. At the very end, she kind of saved the yeah. day. She kind of saved the day at the very end, and uh, she had her moment. So she had she had a cool interactions with uh, with Nebula and Kraglin throughout the movie. It was pretty cool. Um, we also didn't talk about the ending montage and the whole dance scene at the end. It was kind of reminded me a lot while I was watching it of the Return of the Jedi celebration, but it was happening on nowhere. Did you ever? Did you get this that whole kind movie of is this yeah. entire series is Star Wars? Yes. redone. Yeah, literally every the first one this is fucking new hope second one is empire and this one is very much influenced by returning yeah. the jedi you yeah, can kind of tell he was doing that um throughout the series of the movies um just the way they ended the way they continued on um they're all very star wars yeah and uh yeah i definitely felt that also yeah yeah everyone expected a death plot um going into this movie they expected someone to die um and he brilliantly took a turn with the emotion and heart. Um, you did get some death in it with Rocket's friends, but um, it was true. It was a true storybook ending to these characters. I thought it was a great, great way of doing did it. Did you? Uh, it was a nice. Did you swerve. think Quill was gonna die at the end? I thought he was dead at the end. I thought he he pulled the Yondu and was gone. But he he ended up like yeah. you mentioned last week. He prayed. He, he had that he fucking Princess, Princess Leia. Leia face yeah. when he got pulled in. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, you get the feeling that this is the MCU as we know it being over. You gotta get the fantastic bookend to the story so far of everything that was told from Iron Man to Endgame and this is kind of the conclusion um, epilogue of everything after that. Um, you get the end of a end of an era kind of feeling with it and I and I, I, I get a little bit of sad get a little bit sad thinking about it because then you think about everything that's been out in the last year and how horrible it's been. Not horrible but yep. kind of mid. Yeah. And, yeah. We're um, we're higher on them than we should have been, but that's just because we we like the movies and whatnot. Yeah, uh, we probably gave them about a half pineapple too high on all of our reviews. Yeah, but like probably. Doctor Strange, lot. but at the same time, like we walked out of those movies having really enjoyed Happy. them. It's always easy to go back in hindsight and be like, start picking it apart when you watch it on Disney Plus. And you're hoping that everything will kind of connect at the end. Yes. We're, yeah, and you're hoping that, but we'll see. Um. Restarting the franchise, similar to Spider-Man, um, at the end you kind of you kind of get the picture that this could be restarted in four or five years from now. New Guardians team, of course. Um, Peter Quill is obviously going to be back either for Secret Wars or his own solo adventure or something. We don't know. Um, where do we? I see would Quill? watch a six-episode series on Disney Plus of just Peter Quill on Earth again for the first time since he was eight. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Like even that one scene where he's eating cereal at the the end of the movie was fucking great. I love Chris Pratt, so I'd watch anything with him in it. You know, we could, we could see him in Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars. Um, yep. We could see him. I, I mentioned someone say we could see him in a Nova adaptation. Nova has been talked about for a while. Maybe Nova. Um, yeah. Maybe a surprise in Thunderbolts. He is in Amer He is in America now. He's in. He's on the Earth. So now, yep. could he show up in Thunderbolts? Should could he show up in a Earthbound show or movie in the next five years? Who knows? But he will be back. Uh, smart. I mean, smart. Chris Pratt is the guy in Hollywood right now. Um, yep. You put it in the notes. I put it in the notes in a, in a different spot. Is this the best standalone MCU trilogy from front to back, beginning to end? I mean, you got Spider-Man. You got this. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, even put it's Avengers. My yeah, the best. I think so. Movie from any of the trilogies is still, in my opinion, of course, Captain America uh, Two. 
Uh, Captain America 3 was very good, but it also wasn't really a Captain America movie. It was more like Avengers 2.5. It was Avengers, um, yeah. It was Avengers 2.5. It was Black Panther 0.5. It was Spider-Man 0.5. It was a whole bunch of <laughs> stuff going on in that movie. Um, and the first movie, while being very good, is also not like knock your socks off. Where I think every iterate every uh, movie in this f- three movies are very strong. Yeah. Um, the only one I could put up against it would be Spider Man. Yeah. No way home. But the second one was much weaker than the second Guardians. Yes. Yeah. Even though the third one was stronger than third Guardians, they're, they're kind of neck and neck to me. Um, but I also have to see Guardians three again. I've only seen yes. it one time. I've seen No Way Home four times. So, uh, yeah. and No Way Home gets worse every time I watch it for me. There's so many scenes of that that I absolutely love. But, um, yeah, I think this is the trilogy I'll rewatch the most. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all comic book, we've kind of talked about it before where you get the Dark Knight turns every comic book movie after that into a reality based grounded reality comic book movie. I mean, you saw that with Iron Man came out a year or actually it came out that yeah, same year. They basically turned that. Tony Stark into Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Eventually, eventually everything turned to that where they wanted everything to yep. be earthbound, everything grounded. Um, and you also saw that with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 where everything started using the music for it. Um, yep. all, all comic book movies going forward can learn a lot from this movie. Yep. A perfect mix of comedy, emotion, and heart are pivotal to great storytelling. Fans love it. Um, and it's the legacy of James Gunn in the MCU, and that's the whole reason why he's over at DC right now running everything and going to be running Superman Legacy, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, final speculation. Where does the MCU go from here? You've got the Guardians are kind of done. You've got... You've got Jonathan Major's kind of being Kang, maybe being recasted, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, or just them just saying, fuck it, we're going to switch to Doom instead. Which is a possibility if they want to go there. They could, or they could... Uh, the speculation, which I didn't put in the notes, is everybody who wants the guy who played the High Evolutionary, which I don't know his name off the top of my head. The internet speculation... He's, internet- he's got a weird name. You couldn't pronounce it if you tried. <laughs> I'm not going to try, but everybody on the internet is is wanting him to be retconned as a Kang variant. And, be, and that would be an amazing... He was an amazing villain. I think he was better... That'd be, that'd be good a, if they could pull it off. He was awesome in Peacemaker. He was a better villain in this than Jonathan Majors was in Ant-Man. Yes. And I think he could... If they could retcon it somehow as being a variant, variant of Kang... Yep. It would be an Plus, amazing... I feat. mean... Jonathan Majors also the Kang character. I didn't think they did a great job because he's supposed to be this big threat, and literally Scott Lang just punches him and he dies. Yeah, um, he died. Yeah. So I thought it was a terrible way to introduce him. Anyways, um, not really. He wasn't introduced because he was introduced in Loki, but just I didn't think it was a great way to show this is going to be the next big bi- big bad. When even though he's just a different variant or whatever, that Ant Man can just punch him and. He ends up getting sucked into that little thing or whatever happens at the end of that movie. I gotta rewatch the end of that movie. It was but, weird. Uh, yeah. was, we both thought that Ant Man should have died or should have been stuck in the quantum. I realm. think him and Wasp should have been stuck in the quantum realm. It would have given and some Kang con- should have jumped yeah. through. I think that would have been the best. Scenario. It would have given yeah. some consequences that could have been followed up later on in in, mm-hmm. in Kang Dynasty. But um, 
But yeah, and the other and the last question I have of the night is, do you think DC is in good hands with James Gunn? We'll see. I enjoy James Gunn movies. I always have. Um, even before Guardians, I had already seen Slither. I didn't know it was the same guy until after Guardians, because that's when I went on Wikipedia. Um, or IMDb, I mean. But I liked Slither back when it came out, whatever, 2008 or whenever that came out. Um, so I am a fan of his movies. Super is another one that's very good also. Um, I watched that after I saw Guardians 1. Um, of course, he wrote Dawn of the Dead, which is one of my favorite zombie movies mm -hmm. of all time. Um, we'll see. Um, the issue I have with him, as we've talked about before, is he makes very good comic book films, but not very accurate comic book films. Um, so we'll have to see what he does with Superman. And um, it's going to be completely different. So... Okay, yeah, let's transition to that, but it's gonna be yep. it should be completely different. Let's transition um, than what he's we're been doing with Guardians. We're gonna talk about Superman Legacy. We mentioned it last week that we wanna do a little bit of a speculation on Superman Legacy and Superman the character. Where we see this is gonna go and a little bit of fan casting, although I will tell you right now, as far as fan casting is concerned, I hope they go unknowns. As far as the yep. Superman character. Um, if they bring in other actors to play the the other characters in Superman lore. Villains, um, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen. Um, I could see maybe Michael Rooker coming into that. I think we mentioned last week he would play a great Lex Luthor. Um, I could see if, if Brainiac is going to be a CG character, if Brainiac is part of that. I haven't read... Have you read All-Star Superman? Which this is based off of? Uh, I have not. I've seen the movie. Okay, and Multiple I just bought times. and I just bought the comic book. I got it a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably review that in the next couple of weeks. I did um, come up with a few names because you told me we were gonna do a fan casting. Yeah. For Superman. Um, I also agree that they should go unknown or relatively unknown. Relatively. Um, unknown. remember Brandon Routh was working at a bowling alley when he was casting Superman Returns, mm -hmm. and uh, what's his name had to like force the studio to use him. Yeah. Um, but right now with a relatively unknown, I just texted you his picture. And I've talked about him before, but David uh, Corinsweet, who's 30, 29 right now, he turns thirty this year. Um, he's got the look. I think he has the look. Um, he has an earnest, earnest to him. Uh, he's just, I don't know, just something about him. I think would translate really well as Superman. Um, another person I was thinking of was uh, Lucas Till, which I've also seen thrown around a little bit um, from the X Men Origin movie, um, right, right. First Class. Um, because he's like 32, but he looks like he's 25 years old. Okay. Um, maybe if they go very young, um, I was trying to think of somebody like Smallville type, and that would be Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why on, okay. on Netflix. Yep. Um, and mainly that's because he's a really, 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 really good actor. I've seen him about, I don't know, eight, nine movies um, okay. between Netflix and other stuff. I think he's a really good actor. But I do 100% want them to go with an unknown or yes. somebody who's relatively unknown like David Cornsweet, who a lot of people don't know who he is. He's been in like only a few major projects. So, um, but yeah. As far as, the as far as the criteria for the characteristics of who I want to be Superman... Henry Cavill did a very good job as Superman. As far as the look, mm. as far as as far as the the far boy gone into the big city feel, he did a great job with that. 
Um, and we ob you obviously know this is going to be more closer to the comic book version of Superman, where he's going to be yes. the bumbly um, news reporter. Um, a little bit of mix between if you were going to mix um, the 1978 and the Henry Cavill versions, I'd like to see a mix of the two. Um, not so I, much uh, death. I don't want. I do not want him to be like bumping into every fucking doorway he goes into because that's the worst part about those goddamn 70s movies. Yeah. So awful. He doesn't do that in, like, to me, the animated series is where I got, like, my start into Superman. He doesn't do that shit in that. Like, don't be a bumbling idiot. You can still be Clark Kent and not be a bumbling idiot. Yeah. This isn't the 1940s anymore. And most reporters aren't bumbling idiots. They're pretty smart to have a, a higher-up job in a That's newspaper why, office. Like, so whoever they get, I want them to be able to show that maybe a little better than... I mean, you have admitted yourself that even though you love them for the nostalgia, the old movies don't age. And I just well, they don't hold up. In, like, my mid-twenties. So, that could be a big part of it. Um, but I, don't, I think I think his Clark will be a, a combination of the two. The problem with the Henry Cavill Clark is we barely saw him. He was in, what, ten minutes between three movies? Like, we yeah. barely saw Clark Kent. And then he dies at the end of the second one. So, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. So, I... Yeah. And the other Go question on. you, the other question you put in the notes is, are we going to see crypto? Because James yes, had kind of teased him. And I think that was more of a joking thing with him and Chris Pratt. I think so too. And everyone's freaking out on the uh, Snyder sure. Twitters and I'm whatnot about sure it. Sure, they are. And they're all like, "Well, crypto would have been great, but why do you tell us about it? It would have been great to just see him in the movie." It's like if he's going to put crypto in the movie, he's going to be in the fucking trailer anyway. So what's it matter? Anyways, yeah. the way like I heard the interview, and it just sounds like they're just joking around, like. They're just sitting on a couch like, yeah, you could be crypto, but you can't talk. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, and do you want to see crypto? Um, in the first movie, not really. I'd rather see exactly. a good villain. I'd rather see good good storytelling, which I think we're going to yeah. get. But I want to see a good villain. Um, don't want a ton of comedy. I want a serious Superman, but I also want some Superman some, should some be kind of funny, though. He should, yeah. be, he should have some levity to him. Yeah. Um, just don't go as hard as Snyder did into the seriousness. Yes. And don't go as hard as Donner did into the goofiness. Yep. And we'll be okay. Find that middle ground. We'll be okay. And I do have faith that James Gunn can do it due to the fact that this guy is what they call a Wednesday warrior where Wednesdays are when comic books come out and he's like first in line and he reads comic books every day, whatever. Um, so this is also the most obviously known character he's ever taken on. So it's going to be interesting. And he's, he's also doing profile. something no one else... No one's ever done this, ever. No studio head has ever written and directed a film for their studio. They, they have to faith, my knowledge. They have faith in James so, Gunn. If a whole entire Warner Brothers studio has faith in James Gunn to not only lead the charge right. as far as a whole entire universe, but to, to, to lead the charge with the number one... If you're talking number... If you're talking top five most recognizable characters of all times. There's Mickey Mouse, there's Superman up there, um, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I don't want to get into, but they're up there. And Superman yeah. is recognizable being truth, justice in the American way, of course, and all of that. So, he has a lot on his plate, but I think... Yeah, I, he I has think so he much pressure yeah. with how broken DC is now. I think that's why he wanted to push it to summer 2025 because hopefully some of this shit will die down before then. Who knows? Yeah, but we'll uh, he's got he's got a lot of pressure on his plate, and uh, I hope he can pull through and do it justice. Yep. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about that a lot more in the next couple of years before the movie comes out. Um, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of stuff going on with Superman um, and the DC Universe. And uh, yep. excited, excited to see where it goes. I do and like I do Superman. Hope, I, I think that the what we talked about, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Michael Rooker being uh, Lex, Luthor. Lex Luthor would be fucking awesome. Yeah, he's uh, a great villain. Just because I love Michael Rooker anyways, he is a great villain. And he would kill it as Lex. He would kill yeah. it. Um, and maybe we'll, maybe not next week, but later on, we'll do a little bit more speculation on who we would want to fill out the cast. Jimmy Olsen, yeah. Lois Lane. We didn't even talk Jimmy about Olsen's Lane. a tough one. You yeah. know what? That uh, Dylan Minnette kid, Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Because yeah. he's fucking 25 years old and he looks like he's 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think of like the comic book, not the comic, the animated series, Jimmy Olsen looks like he's like yeah. 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's Superman talk. We'll talk about it later on, I'm sure, but. Now we're doing another show and tell segment, and I have a new theme. So many geeky things that we could pull off from the shell. We've been collecting shit for years, and now we're whipping it out. So it's time to showcase all the money that we wasted well. Say la vie, say the old folks. It's Geek Club Show where tell. So, Kevin, what do you think of the theme song? I'm currently blocking you on my phone. <laughs> oh. Anyways. <laughs> I'll let you go first with your uh, show and tell object of the week. Right. Item um, object. I'm sticking with the same theme I had before because I was actually trying to find a place to hang this so I have to get a uh, thing for it, a uh, frame. But Quick Stop comic signed by Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Um, This is issue number four. Um, And there's a little story to this. I think I told it actually when I was in Florida when we did me talking about the show, the, the store. But when I was in the store and I saw the same one and... It was only signed by Kevin Smith, and I asked Mike from Comic Book Men, who mm-hmm. still works there, um, how much it was. And he said, because they were just sitting out there, they were unmarked. And he said, 35, and he goes, turn around and grab one of those ones behind you. So I turned around and grabbed this one. It's the same comic, just the other one was 35 and only signed by Kevin Smith. This one has both autographs. So mm-hmm. he was doing me a solid there. Nice. And I really want to go back to that store. I want to go there. Yeah, it's, it's I might in. just take a day trip in the fall. Hmm. You day need trip. to figure out your schedule. I already know my schedule, Kevin. Well, I have off Labor Day. If, we leave, if we leave Sunday. Except you work Labor Day. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so, what do I have to show? Um, well, <clears throat> I got... The OLED Nintendo Switch Zelda Edition, Breath of the Wild. With tears? No, not oh, Breath, Breath of the Wild. Uh, tears. It doesn't came with a. It doesn't come with a game. Uh, not Breath of the Wild. Uh, tears of the Kingdom, whatever the hell it's called. Um, but it came out what last week? Um, yeah. The game came out yesterday. What's your so, going to review? So wait. So it comes with. It comes with the game. Game Sorry, not included. Game okay, not, not included. included. No. Okay, gotcha. However, for some reason yes. I thought those came with it, but yeah, that's awesome. 
That's the OLED set. And I also got... Um, these came out for the Skyward Sword version of the HD version on the Switch. The Oh, nice. Controllers. Do you have that on the uh, Switch? I do have that. I did buy that game because I, I didn't really play it on the Wii when it came out. Wii U, I think it came out. No, I, you had to have the special upgraded controllers. And by that point, I was kind of over the Wii, so I wasn't going to spend 50 bucks on a new controller. Yep, that's um, right. But apparently, it's the first Zelda story in the timeline. Oh, cool. And it yeah. still is. I do have that. I'm going to play that. I also got Link Awakening. Um, I'm going to play those. Nice. And I can't wait to set this up. I'm excited. I haven't had a new system in a while. And uh, the OLED well, version. Oh, that, by the way, I was going to talk about that too. I was going to um, say, what are you doing with the other Switch? I don't know yet, but I did start playing it last night. And I signed up for a Nintendo Online, which I hadn't had in a while since it first came yep. out. And the amount of stuff that they've added since I quit it. I think it was a trial I was I gonna say, for the first month. Did you check out Six Golden Coins yet? I played Six Golden Coins last night, and holy shit, it's awesome on that it's, screen. Isn't it incredible? It, because it's because you're used to playing it on the Game Boy screen, and the Game Boy screen is yep. probably half the size, maybe a quarter See, of the so size. So you played you played on the on handheld mode on the yep. OLD. I okay. did, yeah. Not only I don't have this hooked up yet. I hooked oh, okay. up the I I signed up on the other Switch, so I was I was trying oh, okay. to fuck, fuck with it and see because um, I couldn't remember what I bought on there digitally. And I have because I have a lot of cartridge games for the Switch, which I don't yep. play, but I, I want to get into it more. And that's why I got this. So, and I can't wait to get yeah, into the, Zelda. Uh, the OLED's great. Um, I just never upgraded to the OLED just because I uh, hardly ever play in handheld mode. Like usually, a, if I'm in handheld mode, I'm like downloading something or looking for something on the Switch. But for the most part, I play most of my games with the controller because yeah. I love the Pro Controller so much. Yeah, I have a Pro Controller too, so I'm gonna get into Zelda more. Um, I think I'm probably going to do uh, Breath of the Wild because that that game, especially with yeah. Tears of the Kingdom, which you're going to review because you did get the uh, you get it midnight last night. Um, I'm not reviewing the, the whole thing, but I'll review what I played. Yes. You're going to do a what we're going to call an hour hour long review of well not hour long but an hour review of Tears First of the hour. Kingdom. Yes. First hour. Um, everyone's given this game a four and five four four point five out of five ten out of ten. Um, very high marks throughout the whole entire game world. Um, so we're both excited for it. We love Zelda. We talked about it earlier when we went to lunch that Arcarina at the time was kind of where we first played Zelda. Very, very first thing I ever heard of Zelda really was Arcarina at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And every game up until um, Twilight Princess I pretty much beat that came out, except for the Game Boy games. But... Um, but yeah, uh, it, Breath of the Wild, I can't wait to get into. Tears of the Kingdom, they're saying is they took everything from Breath of the Wild and improved it and created a huge, huge open world compared to even that game. So, um, yeah. first reactions, um, what do you think? It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, the open world of it is great. I'm still in the, uh, the first two hours you basically spend on this island in the sky and it kind of gets you acclimated to the game there's a couple of uh there's no dungeons but there's the uh the bosses the little like what do they call them in uh breath of the wild um i don't know i'm blanking on it but uh yeah they're the little like temples you go in and you kind of like do a little quick problem solving thing there's a couple of there those on there um you lose your arm at the beginning of the game. So you have this like crazy like arm thing that was given to you basically. 
And with that, you can, this is going to be a really hard learning curve for me because I'm terrible at it so far anyways. Um, but you could basically take that arm and kind of like mold different things to like, so you like, you can't get there. Okay. So you do this and this, you build this and now all of a sudden you have a platform you place it there and you can walk across the area type stuff. I know eventually later in the game, you can build vehicles, hmm. um, which sounds kind of cool. But yeah, I'm still in that first hour, hour and a half where you're just kind of learning your way around. The first 20, 25 minutes, you're basically with Zelda. Um, so you kind of have to like keep pace with her. Like she's like slowly walking and you just want to like get through that area and you have to stop and whatnot, talk to her. And then you get separated and it looks incredible. The mm. game is absolutely beautiful. Um, especially for like a Switch game. Um and yeah, I can't wait to play more of it. Um, uh, one thing you didn't mention is it's it's a it's a continuation of the first game where it picks up. Yes, right. it basically starts right afterwards. Yeah. Um, from what I know about the ending of Breath of the Wild, I was playing it right earlier. I yeah, did you did, did you ever talk about it, that on the? But, yeah, did you ever talk about that on the podcast? What happened to your Breath of the Wild and how you? Won't, no, won't my go niece back. deleted the save. <laughs> I think my niece or one of my cousins deleted the save file. I can't remember how it happened, but I just remember I picked it up one day and all of a sudden I was like. Back at the very first like area, <laughs> um, and he refused so, to go back because it was so much to get there. It's a fucking it a lot 60, 70 hour game. Yeah. But yeah, this one also like think that's crazy about this one is they have Hyrule, and it's changed from Breath of the Wild due to the events that happened in Breath of the Wild. And then they have another area where you can dive below Hyrule, and you're basically underground the entire time. Hmm. And so say you know how you collect hearts as you go and you're, you get more hearts. Mm -hmm. So say you get hit by an enemy under there, it takes away a heart. Hmm. Um, and I think at some point you can find different stations to like replenish all your hearts but like it doesn't take away a hit point it takes away a fucking heart hmm. so you're literally losing life while you're down there um, oh, shit. yeah I can't wait to get more into this um, I do wish I finished Breath of the Wild but I'm never going to be able to go back I watched like a one hour recap video before I started playing today okay. which is why I only got like an hour in because you were like keep playing blah, 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 and I was like I played for an hour and I shut it off because we were, got late doing this podcast but, uh, yeah, it's uh, very good so cool. far. Um, Ocarina is my favorite of all time, and it'll probably always be that way, but that's also the first one I played from start to finish. It came out at the right age for me. Yeah, um, same. So it was just, it's going to be hard to beat that. Yep. Yeah, same. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I can't wait to get into Breath of the Wild. I'm going to do that. It's going to probably be four or five years before I even get into Tears of the Kingdom. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> but I do have the new system, so I'll get into it eventually. Um, yeah, I mean, you can play You can play while you watch stuff, too, while you're watching stuff for the podcast, because you have the OLED. Yep. You can play handheld. Yep. My I screen is also scratched on my regular one. That's probably why I don't play handheld anymore. But. Okay. Yep. So let's get into what we watched. Not a lot of stuff this week. Um, Ted Lasso, I didn't finish it, so... I mean, you can bring it up if you want. We can oh, talk really? about it next week. No, I didn't have time. It's uh, fucking awesome. It's one of my best uh, episodes of this season. I absolutely loved it. It's Roy Kent heavy. The whole episode's basically about Roy and the guy who his teammate, who uh, McAdoo found out was gay in the previous episode. Yep. Um, it's great. The ending of the episode gave me chills okay. uh, with Roy Kent. Um, it's just, it's an incredible episode. I can't believe okay. you finish. But it's yeah, I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it tonight, probably. Right. Yeah, um, text me when you do. Currently doing a Fast and the Furious countdown. I finished four. We mentioned it last week how I had a hard time getting <laughs> through it. And it yeah, was um, bad. Real quick. Real quick. 
the uh, real blend episode today, I meant to mention to you at lunch, was actually tearing the Fast and the Furious movies. Okay. And they all gave this one a D. And they all gave five the S tier. So don't worry, number five will be better. Okay. Four is absolute piece of shit. Yeah, it's bad. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. How do you make driving through caves like boring? Yeah. Well, like, I mentioned it in the note. <laughs> I mentioned it in the notes. This movie has the same problem as Transformers. There's mm-hmm. so much metal flying around. You can't tell what the mm. fuck's going on with these assholes. Which is and, weird because I think it was done by uh, Lynn, and he's yeah. like one of the better directors. He's done three or four of them. He's one of the better ones in the series, but. This one was not it. Yeah. Um, Gail Goodell, before she was Wonder yep. Woman, was in this. M.M. from The Boys played a Mexican. He is not Mexican. He is African-American. Yes. Um, milk. And are souped-up cars still a thing? Yes. Yes. They are. Oh, yeah. 100%. In Miami. Not here. Not around here. The, well, yeah, not around here. But um, my roommate Joe, two of his best friends, that's literally what they do. Okay. Um, for a living. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still a big thing. Um, car culture in general is a big thing. Like, uh, yeah, not really up here, um, as much cause you don't want to pay $300,000 for an awesome car and then not be able to drive it half the year cause it snows. Well, not only um, that, you can't pass inspection down up, that up too, here. You wouldn't yeah. be able to, down there, they don't have inspection. So when I was in Florida, yeah, you would see the neon lights under the car because they would pass inspection up here. You, you can get neon that. lights up here. You just have to take them out for you go through an inspection, or yeah, not turn probably. them on. I know yeah. I know a bunch of kids that that have the neon lights up here, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, car cult, It's it's still a big thing. Like especially like you look at the sales of like Gran Turismo, which came out last year, yeah. and like fucking game did blockbuster numbers. So hmm. um, it's still a thing. It's just not our thing. Yeah, it was um, never. It I was never money, or I wouldn't want to invest that much. I'd rather find a DeLorean. Yeah, it was never my thing. Um, it was uh, it was the Mantis's thing. Not talking yes. about Gardens of the Galaxy. Shout somebody we went to high school with. Shout out to the Mantis. He saw the first Fast and Furious with this guy talking right now, and he went and bought Nas for his Dodge Neon in 1999 or 2000, whenever that movie came out, 2001. And we're trying um, to and we're trying to think to ourselves. I'm if he pretty had sure he, it. I'm pretty sure he fucked up something in his car with it. Yeah, we were wondering if he went street street racing, ever with that Nas. Yeah. And probably <laughs> ruined his vehicle, but I did um, like that Dodge Neon. Yeah. Um. So I did watch Bupkiss. I finished the whole entire se- season one. Um. I don't know how far you got into it. Did you get any further? I'm into still it? at the same spot. Okay. You didn't get I've been further. I've been watching Succession, trying to get caught up before the finale in two um, weeks, three weeks. Bupkiss is okay. Um. Kind of leaves on a cliffhanger, a weird cliffhanger. Um. A lot more cameos: Method Man, David Tell, J.J. Abrams. Nathan Fillion, Keenan Thompson, Pete's ex-girlfriend who was on MTV, um, she's in this. Uh, Ray Romano, Sebastian Stan, Cameron, Jadakiss, Eli Manning, Art the Clown from those other those horror movies that you, oh. yeah. Are you putting those on the Plex? No. And Machine Gun oh. Kelly, his best friend, he's in the last episode of the season. So yeah, it was it was decent, it was good. But the best show I watched last week was Shrinking, and I finished that season one. Um, it's good, isn't it? Army veterans, PS, PTSD done extremely well. I think I can't remember his name in the show, but the uh, black gentleman is incredible. And yeah, he's his, awesome. His, uh, his, Sean. 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 Yep. Yeah. He's um, great. His also, dynamic too with the daughter, like 
when she kind of like starts to fall in love with him. Yes. And he was like, bro, you're a kid. Like, I was like, like, I really was like down on him for a second because I was like, he doesn't feel the same way, does he? And then the next episode, he's like, you're a kid. I, what? <laughs> um, I think when so, she yeah. turns, I think when she turns 18, because he's only like, 21, I th- I 22. Think they, yeah, she, he's 22. So I think eventually they will be together. Because they have good Or they'll dynamic. just be really good. They have a great dynamic. But I would also be just as happy if they just remained having the same dynamic yeah. afterwards. Because because it's a great dynamic, it's great banter, and yep. they're good friends. Yep. Um, I also think that it tackles Parkinson's very well. Um, yes. Of course, uh, Harrison Ford does an amazing job in this show. It's comedy. You never thought that Harrison Ford could be this funny again. Dude, he hasn't, he hasn't I, really been funny since I, Indiana Jones. I told maybe. you I told you about the Dippin' Stick scene. How yeah, awesome is that scene? It's awesome. That's he awesome. gives his grandson one, and he's like, first one's free, kid. Yep, yep. <laughs> But, yeah, but he has Parkinson's in the show, the early early set stages of it, and uh, he's kind of dealing with that because he runs the he runs the therapy firm or therapy whatever yes. you want to call it. He's the he owns he's the, the therapy. Yeah, he's the head honcho. He's uh, Jason Siegel's mentor, basically. Yep. yep. And uh, he also gives advice to his daughter without with with candy, pretty much getting paid in candy. J- Jason Siegel's daughter, yes. He Jason Siegel's daughter. Yep. And I think a lot of that is because of how he basically didn't help his daughter growing up. Yeah. I think that's why. Because as you get deeper into the show, you find out that he basically wasn't there as a father. Yeah. Um, and everyone else, in his daughter's eyes, everyone else's problems mattered more to him than hers. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a sweet dynamic. Yeah. And um, they had great scenes together, him and the kid. And... The last question you leave with the series and the series finale or season finale is: Does his one-on-one, in-person, following everyone around therapy work? In the very end, cliffhanger is one of his patients ends up throwing her husband off the cliff in an actual cliffhanger of an episode. Yes, <laughs> which was amazing because it's which been hinted. Was, it was a big thing too because that was the first client he thought he helped. Yes. But then he learned out later in the season that he didn't help her at all because yeah. he told her to leave her husband. And so she'd like do like zooms with him be like, oh, I'm at my sister's, blah, blah, blah. I'm so happy. I've never been happier, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then you find out she never left her husband and had been doing them just from her house. Yep. And then she throws him off a cliff at the end of the fucking season. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to come back to haunt him in season two. Um, his therapy his his mm. unorthodox way of doing therapy yes. may not be the best thing but yeah i we'll see. i love this show um did you you enjoyed it oh i loved it yeah it was great okay um, good good as awesome. far as being better than ted lasso i don't it's think anybody can te- i don't think anybody can touch that first season of ted lasso i mean if you're talking full uh, we haven't it's seen a whole series tough. of this i yeah. mean i'm on recency bias right now cuz that yeah. was the most recent thing yeah um but yeah, the first season of Ted Lasso is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but this, I think, is it. If it's not on par, it's right behind. Yeah. So, that's it for what we watched. Um, we're kind of into the summer summer slumps right now. You're back to work. I'm working. I'm tired all the time. So we'll get into stuff when we can. We got a few movies coming up soon. I know we got Spider Verse yeah. coming out. Yeah, and you got to watch Air and stuff like that. Air, yeah. So we'll get into we'll get into more stuff, but for now, let's get into the news. Oh man, no trailers. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 
had a $48 million opening day last week. Ended up winning the weekend box office $114 million in domestic. Um, $282 million globally, um, including, I think it was $168 million I thought, international I box thought office. it ended up actually being 118 domestically. It could have been, could have been um, updated. This is, this I heard is that today. Yep. I heard that today, okay. Yep. Um, also, James Gunn was asked why Rocky Raccoon from the Beatles wasn't in the movie. Um, yeah, and he said he said that it didn't fit, which I think is correct. It didn't. It wouldn't have fit yeah. the story. Um, he also said that's it something his favorite Warner Beatles Brothers song. would have done before yep. he was in charge, like yep. they did with the Suicide Squad. Or no, sorry, with the original Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Here's an Eminem song because it's popular. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Um, James Gunn also revealed that Sean, his brother, voiced the young Rocket in Guardians Volume Three. Um, Bradley Cooper yep. does the voice of the older Rocket, but he did have his brother doing the young. And the young Sean version. does do the, uh, the mocap. The mocap. Mo yep. Yep. Um, he's on set when they do that. So, um, and he's also said that some people that were in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, some of the actors will appear in Superman Legacy. He has hinted to that. He has confirmed that so, some actors. What's your guess? Uh, Rooker. Um, I think Rooker will be involved some way, either Batista, as White or yeah. But you, know what, but you know what Batista would play? He could Ooh. play a great Bizarro Superman. A great Bizarro Superman. He could. Um, or a Bizarro world of some character. Or but he also world. said he's pretty much done with comic book films yeah. at this point. So he, wants we'll to be, he wants to be a dramatic actor, so yeah, we'll see. Yep. But he also he wonder, also likes James Gunn, so he'd follow him yep. anywhere. Yeah, so. I wonder who Palm would play, because I feel like he's going to cast her in something. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. There's there's a lot of potential there. All great actors in that movie, so um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Jim Lee, um, comic book writer, uh, comic book. I think he draws comics too, right? Um, mm. He has been. You promoting... think he draws comics? Yes, he's one of the best comic drawers of all yes. time. and he and been, writers. He's been promoted to president, publisher of, and chief creative officer officer of DC Comics. Yep. Um, Good. He's awesome. So uh, I, I think he had a part in the old um, Snyderverse after Snyder left. He, he was he was he's good friends with Snyder. He did all the uh, they were selling the T-shirts at uh, SnyderCon or whatever they called it. Full circle. Uh, he did all the graphics for the shirts. Uh, better okay. fighting suicide awareness. Okay. Um, talk a little bit about the writer strike still going on. Um, Daredevil Born Again had to stop uh, this week due to picketing and they didn't want to cross the picket line so they stopped production um, Stranger Things has also halted work on the final season as the Again. co-creators the, the, Duffer, <laughs> the Duffer Brothers won't cross the picket line as well that's incredible because last time it was a pandemic now this show should have ended three years ago yeah um, Last of Us Season 2 are preparing auditions with the video game scenes um, due to the writer strike, and they can't write any of the, <laughs> write any of the scripts for season two, so they're gonna do the scenes from the video games to get kind of. That's actually kind of creative. I yep, like it. Creative, creative way to go around it. Um, yep. And Tony Gilroy, the the uh, producer of Andor, has yes. ceased produ- producing on uh, Andor. Um, I don't know if the series is going forward until then. I don't. I don't know if it stopped. It must have stopped because um, he's in charge yeah. of everything. Um, the other thing that I heard, um, what was the other thing? Fuck, I can't, oh, it was, um, uh, Deadpool. There's a, there's a clause in the contract that says, without writers on set, 
you can't improvise. Right. You so, can't. like, even James Gunn, who wrote Superman Legacy, can't rewrite while they're filming if they start filming before the end of the strike. And if you've seen any of the Deadpool movies, most of that is Ryan Reynolds going off the cuff oh, yeah. and improvising. Yep. So that's going to put a little bit of a wrench in Disney's plans for Deadpool. And they have to keep it strictly to the script if they go that yep. way. Or unless, they, unless they delay again, which would suck. Yep. But And the other thing, too, that we have to worry about is the Director's Guild potentially striking. Yep. People have been talking about that happening. Yep. Which would really fuck over Superman Legacy. Yep. And I think after Superman Legacy, I think James Gunn is not going to be part of either one. I don't think he's going to be directing for a while. I don't think he's going to be writing for a while. No. I think he's going to, after Superman Legacy, he's going to step back from those roles and actually do the universe. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Rightfully so. Um, and it's kind of been speculated behind the scenes that Disney is preparing to recast Jonathan Majors in Marvel. Um, they're getting all the ducks in a row right now. Um, it's a complicated story because he is a main villain for a whole entire saga of movies and TV shows where he's already filmed Loki season two. He was already in Ant-Man. Um, and like I mentioned, I think the guy who played the High Evolutionary, if they retconned it the right way, could been could have been a Kang variant. And they could yep. easily change the face of the characters. There's a way of explaining it. There's a way that you and I could write the story in two days and have it done. Um, I'm sure Disney could do that too once they get writers back. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, honestly, this this writer strike might might work well for Disney trying to figure out this Jonathan Majors deal. To be honest, and I, and I have because now feeling, they can't go forward with anything anyway. So, and I have a feeling it was probably good that this happened for them, just because of everything that happened whenever during the pandemic, everything got pushed back to 2023, 2022, and it got yep. so saturated last year where, and and also not only not only qual, qual, quantity. But the quality of CGI, because everything was being rushed, um, they said it was almost like a Chinese sweatshop, the way that Disney yep. was running their CGI and workers. And I mean, there's only a certain amount of people that can do that great of CGI work anyways, and they are probably burnt the fuck out after that. If you compare the CGI to Endgame, or even Spider-Man No Way Home, to everything yep. that came out last year, like She-Hulk, horrible CGI... And Hulk had some of the best CGI in the Avengers movies. Even Thanos yeah. in the Avengers movies was great, but She-Hulk looked like a cartoon. Incredible, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, they they they, need, they have a lot of work to do, and it seems like the writer strike may stretch that up for a few more years. Instead of the end, I think the end they want to do in twenty twenty six. I think it will be stretched out two or three more years after that. Um, this whole Phase Six shit that they tried to announce last year at, um, at uh, Comic Con. But um, Julian White, who played Urkel in Family Matters, revealed that he's going to be in Skeleton Crew. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, Jamil, Julian White, he hasn't done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of reality stuff. He's on Psych, of course. But, um, but yeah, I love, <laughs> I love Urkel. I love Urkel. I Quarter Black. Been, Quarter Black, yep. I've been, actually been watching a lot of Family Matters on HBO Max. So um, That's on the Max? Okay. It's on the Cock or the Max? Okay. Yeah. Is it off Hulu now? Because that's where I rewatched um, it like on, five years ago. No, it's on HBO Max. Uh, I'm okay. not sure. I'm not sure where, where it's at, but I do I do watch it. Um, Video Game Hall of Fame announced their inductees this week. A um, couple of ones we've never played or heard of, um, but um, there's Barbie Fashion well, you did, Designer. You didn't, you didn't play Barbie Fashion Designer? No. What's it wrong with C you? It, it was a CD-ROM that came out on the PC. 
uh, late 90s, I believe. Uh, It was a a thing where you go on the PC and design a Barbie costumes and all that shit. Didn't play that, but it's going to the Hall of Fame. It's like GTA Um, with Barbie. One of the very first arcade games, um, actually, I think it is the first arcade game called Computer Space. Um, didn't wasn't successful, but it was the first uh, first arcade game, and Computer Space failed. However, the people that did uh, that ended up um, creating Atari. So yes, kind of the history of Atari started there, and then built yes. into an Atari after that. Um, of course, the game that we we played because we had the Wii opening day when it came out. Wii Sports, huge yes. use of the controllers. It was a great game. That's going to the Hall of Fame. And The, the Last of fun. Us. Bowling was fun. Yes. And The Last Last of Us is going in. Um, they're saying uh, there's a few things that were that were nominated that didn't go in. Uh, GoldenEye, which I know you were a big, huge fan of. Um, it's not in there. No. It should be. Quake, old game Quake. Um, Again, Ang- should be. Angry Birds for the iOS. Um, should be. Android. Um, and Final Fantasy, uh... Should be. I guess it was, uh... Have you ever played Final Fantasy? I never played any of the Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. Fantasies, but if you like Zelda, you'd probably like it. But My cousin's were... huge into them. I'm not huge into the Final Fantasies, but... They're good, I believe Adam and maybe Justin are into those games, but... Yeah. Um... But yeah, those, those were all... Those are all the titles that were cut, but those other four are going in. Um... Yeah, so Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. They announced that the very first episode was going to be Chris Candido and Tammy Cinch, Sonny. Um, oh, coming out on May, May 30th. I can't wait for that as well. Um, That's gonna be, uh, what do you remember about Chris Candido? You probably remember more about Sonny. Um, I remember Chris Candido was teamed with uh, Bruce Pritchard's uh, brother. Do you remember that or is that from the podcast? I remember. Well, I watched, I watched <laughs> it. The only reason I knew that is, no, I didn't remember the podcast. I watched it last year. Oh yeah, that's right. You did ninety-seven. Yep. That's right. And Doctor yep, Tom. Ninety-seven and ninety-eight. Yep. yep. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, and Dip or whatever they were called. Yeah, that's that's yeah. What was their name? Yeah, uh, I can't remember the tag team name, but yeah, he was. Um, Chris Candido was incredibly talented in ECW. Like WWE screwed him over, but he was so good in ECW. It's and of course all the sh- WWE dropped the ball. And all the shit that happened behind the scenes with Sunny, which I yeah, hope this gets she slept into with everyone. Yeah. And yeah. and still was with him. Yeah, it's it's yep. a crazy story. So I can't wait to watch that too. Um, Freaky Friday. You ever watched that back in the day with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis? I did not. That's one of those switching body type deals, right? Yep, yep. Um, coming out with a sequel. Um, I believe on Disney Plus. Um, the yeah. The Lohanasance? Is that what we're gonna call it? The Lohanasance? Well, it seems like she's normal again. She's not all drugged up and yeah. uh, whorish. So did she get her nose fixed from all the fucking cocaine she has done over the years? Um, I don't know. Surgeries? <laughs> uh, you ever watch Mean Girls? You like Mean Girls? I no, that's not my type of film. I have <sighs> seen it, but it's not my type of film. Mean Girls is a good movie. Um, it, no, it's fine. A movie. I just it's not my demographic. It's officially, not my type of deal. officially coming out on my birthday next year, twenty twenty four. Beetlejuice two, starring Michael Keaton and Jenna Ortega, is official. Um, added to the cast, Justin Thoreau, um, and yeah. I believe uh, Catherine. Um, from uh, Home Alone, Catherine, Home Alone, Shits Creek, uh, what's her name, Catherine, whatever, she's uh, she's in it as well. So bringing in, bringing in some of the original cast, some new actors, um, Michael Keaton, probably looks Jenna more Ortega like Beetlejuice. Perfect for it. 
Yeah, she's playing the daughter of uh, Lydia, yep. who is Winona Ryder. I think he's coming back yep. as well. So, um, yep. Jeremy Piven is talking a lot. They're talking a lot about the Entourage reboot that they want to do. Um, but he says Mark Wal- Wahlberg has to make the call to HBO. It's Mark Wahlberg's baby, kind of. Um, him and, well, that's, and um, that's what the movies were supposed to be. They were supposed to do like three movies yep. based on Entourage, and the first one didn't do that well. Um, so I would love it if we got like a limited series on HBO of like maybe ten episodes of Entourage, just you know to close it or whatever, but. I would love it. I mean, that cast is great. I rewatched Entourage uh, beginning of this year. Um, I love that show. It's perfect time to do it because right after the Me Too mo- movement, Entourage had a lot of beef with the Me Too mo- movement because of the way yep. it was kind of uh, misogynistic. And it's a perfect time to come back and not retcon it, but what would happen to these characters if they were involved in Me Too? <laughs> especially yeah. drama. I mean, especially one of the events. reasons why... They changed showrunners going the last two seasons, and they switched it to a woman's because they were getting so many uh, complaints yep. about how how Vinny was with women um, and whatnot. Um, so that's why the last two seasons were run by a woman, and the original showrunner came back and did the movie. Yeah, and it, it, it maybe also the reason why HBO may not want to touch it, but we'll see. Yep. We'll see what happens. Um, Upcoming Game of Thrones spinoff, a night, a night of the Seven Kingdoms, the Hedge Knight, which I have no idea about this. You have to tell me. Uh, it's pause. It's writers. This is the one I was telling you about. Is the younger brother of um, Aemon, who is at the Wall. Uh, okay. He passed over being king. His younger brother got it. Um, the stories are awesome, and when they get the show off the ground, it should be really good. Um, I believe it's in solidarity with the writer's strike as well. George yes, R. R. Martin is, uh, is not not going to be part of the writer's room. So more delays, of course. Um, I'm really Psych worried 4. about House of the Dragon. Really worried about House of the Dragon. We saw what happened with season two of Heroes. Yeah. Um, which was John Schnepp. I believe he was the showrunner of that show, or one of the writers, anyways. And he, of course, passed away in 2018, but he did The Death of Superman Lives, which is one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It's great. Great documentary. And, and Heroes should have been so much better. And because season two was so bad, they never recovered and it went off the air. So I really fucking hope that House of the Dragon get their shit together and the writers can come to some sort of agreement soon. Yeah. But um, I doubt it with the way things are. Talking a lot about Psych 4, um, the movie. Yes. Uh, script is done, they're saying. Um, they're just waiting for Peacock or NBC Universal to give them the go-ahead to start the movie. Um, of course, they want to do a movie for every single character of the show. They've already done Lassiter, they've done Sean, and they've done Gus. So yep. they've got so Juliet next, maybe or yep. Chief Vic. I think uh, and she, his dad. Yeah, and his dad. Right? And I, yep. And I think Sean. I think the end. The, it'll end with Sean and Juliet getting married, probably. Mm. Um, if I were to guess, or maybe having a kid, which would be funny. We'll see. Um, MTV News shutting down after 36 years. Uh, not much of a thing now, but back in the day Didn't when even we were know kids, it was still a thing, yeah. <laughs> back in the day when we were kids, it was huge. Kurt Loder, Kurt, uh, Kurt, Kurt Loder, Loder. Was a man. Yep, Kurt Loder. Yep. Very first time I heard about the death of Chris Farley was on MTV News. I remember seeing the news yep. brief that came over the uh, TV. Um, it was huge back in the day. I remember the breaking news thing that used to show up on the commercials on there. Um, yeah, they used to interrupt programs and stuff like a regular yep. news outlet yep um yeah but they're shutting down because because paramount 
has cut 25% of their workforce and they're trying to save money because everybody everybody is failing right now. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Arnold, documentary on Netflix, coming out June 7th. Uh, Arnold about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I do love documentaries. This should be awesome. Should be good. Have you Netflix. seen his uh, other documentary about weightlifting? I haven't, but uh, I've heard the it, I've heard the clips. <laughs> it's awesome. I just remember there's one scene where he like he's doing chest. He gets done doing chest. He like lights up a joint. Like he's still in like his home yep. gym or whatever. Lights up a joint and he just starts. And the interviewer's like asking him questions and shit. It's great. Yep. Um, I I've can't wait for this documentary. Hopefully, yeah, I'm allowed that. to use someone else's Netflix in that time because Netflix doesn't seem to be rolling out their new plan to stop me from doing that. So, mm-hmm. and that's so, someone someone being maybe on the other side of the microphone. Um, did you hear about the uh, Fast X post cameo, post credit cameo? No. Um, Do you want to know? I did not. Yes. It's The Rock. Oh yes, I, I yeah, yeah yeah I did hear The Rock's okay. coming back. Yeah, okay. I didn't know it was the post credit. Um, it'd be similar to, I guess, what shocked everyone in Fast and the Furious 3 was Vin Diesel showing up at the yeah, end doing the Avengers Initiative before. Yeah, so, so um, that's yep. cool. And I also, did you, I don't, I assume you would have jumped in with that, but I think it was today it was released that Fast X is not the first of two movies, but the first of three. I didn't add it to the notes, but yeah, Vin, Vin Diesel was on the red carpet last yes. night or today, talked about that, and yes. uh, yeah. Yep, he did, he did mention that the studio wants the last movie to be two more movies, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, the story was too big, and they figured it might be better just do two move to another movie as opposed to just two two movies. So we'll see. It'd be cheaper to film. They're trying to milk it anyways. To, yeah, cheaper to film it back to back and release it as two. Maybe it'd be, it'd be yeah. easier to do that. Um, yeah. The Bear season two coming out on June twenty second. Release a poster. Let's fucking go. Yep. So I close, can't wait. Um, close. I just got a few people that we work that I work with into the show, and nice. they all were like, "Why didn't I watch this last year when you told me to?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. I've been telling you for a year." <laughs> um, season two comes out in a month, so uh, get caught up. Yep. Yeah, I love the show. Uh, Peacock. I wonder, I wonder oh, how swole Jeremy's gonna. I wonder how swole that guy's gonna be though. Uh, yeah. Because because yeah, yeah. he's doing the Carrie Von Eric. He's Carrie Von Eric in the Von Eric movie. So yeah, he's probably jacked. I can't wait for that movie too. Fuck. I know, me too. I always Go forget on. about it. Every time you mention it, yeah. I think about how awesome it's going to be, just because of the cast. Um, yeah. NBC Universal Peacock announced that they that the uh, Paris Olympics next year in 2024, all 329 medal events are going to be broadcast live on the app on the Peacock app. Um, that's never happened before. It's usually pick or choose what what um, sports you're going to be seeing on there. Um, it was live on well, like, NBC. Yeah, usually it's like live on like six different channels, and like you might have to get up at like three a.m. depending on the time difference. But this with the app, it's great because be you wake up and it could be it could happen the night before. You could wake up and probably turn it on the app and watch it in yeah. the morning. You know, before you go to work or when you get home, as long as you don't look at spoilers. Yeah, yeah, it'd be so much easier for uh, if you're into the Olympics and into certain sports, you can go through a catalog and see. Yep, yep. that'd be fun. That's a great idea. Um. Bob Iger claims that Steve Jobs is his chief inspiration for for being a CEO. He's, of course, the CEO of Disney. And uh, there's a lot of speculation and rumors that Apple and them are coming up with a merger or a deal or a sale of some sort. So yeah. it's kind of uh, weird timing. Bob and, Iger was basically brought back for like writing the, writing the ship and like yes. 
figuring out and giving them time to figure out where to go next. And so this makes a lot of sense. And we'll get into Disney. They lost four million subscribers on Disney Plus um, in the first month, the first three months of the year. Um, a lot of people are saying CNBC came out with an article: the streaming wars are over. Um, I think uh, they're not wrong with that as far as it's not the Wild West anymore. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, Hulu and Disney are merging into one app later this year. If you have Hulu and Disney accounts, if you have the bundle, they may throw in ESPN Plus as well. You'll be able to access it all on one app. Um, they're kind of doing the HBO Max thing where they're going to combine the two together. Um, probably charge more, $20 a month. Um, so yeah, everybody everybody is kind of doing that. And they also mentioned that some streaming content will be removed, uh, reducing future content as well. Um, we've been speculating that for a while now, but they did confirm that um, because they're trying to do any cost-cutting measure that they can to get back in the green instead of being in the red. Um, and that's kind of what Bob Iger is doing. And that's... Like I said, we we were we were lucky to be in the beginning of the streaming wars where we had access to every single even classic shows. Like we mentioned, Family Matters just a minute ago. Yep. Stuff like that won't be available re- as readily as it is right now. And they're even mentioning that a lot of the newer shows that they even produce for the for the network won't be on there anymore. Um, just because of the royalties, just because of the stuff that they didn't have to worry about. Now they do because they have to pay people. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was good while while it lasted, pretty much. Um, finally, in news, Michael J. Fox has a new documentary coming out or came out or soon called yeah, Still. Is it out now? I'm not sure, but it's called Still. Okay. He's doing a lot of promotions on it. It's about on his Apple life. TV. Yeah, he's doing. It's about his life, about his Parkinson's diagnosis, um, and he's talked a lot about it. And he's also said that um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, where he couldn't remember the lines. That's that's kind of how he felt when he was in Hollywood. That's why he quit Hollywood, quit acting, because he couldn't remember his lines. Of course, because he had Parkinson's a little bit differently. But oh, um, is is just shoot? Oh, what was his show? Uh, it wasn't just shoot me. It was uh, ooh, right. Spin City, Spin yeah, City. Spin City. Yep. Is that streaming anywhere? I'm not sure. Uh, it I may used to be. love that show. It may be. I may have to acquire it. Yes, we'll acquire that. LimeWire. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's promoting it. He's promoting that documentary, which I'm sure we'll get into this summer or in the fall when, it, when we have access to it. But um, yeah, that's it for news. That's it for the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with a show of some sort. <laughs> Not sure what we're going to watch, but I'm going to catch up on Ted Lasso and a few other movies, and I want to get into air this weekend or this week. I got... My my nights are also very difficult because the Celtics are still in the playoffs right now. Okay, yeah. So so like it's like every other night I can't really watch anything except for the Celtics, because um, the fan in me. Um, but yeah, I got I got some movies I want to watch and review for next week. Uh, Evil Dead Evil Dead Rise and Covenant. And so tease, I'll try to get those this week. Teaser for next week. I will be watching the Beastie Boys documentary. Kevin mm-hmm. watched it last night or the night before. Last night, yep. And I will be reviewing that. I'm going to also listen to Paul's Boutique, one of Kevin's favorite albums. This is their favorite album oh, of his. Great album. Um, and we are going to talk about the documentary and review it and talk about Beastie Boys a little bit. Um, so expect a hip-hop, uh, 90s, uh, 80s, 90s hip-hop-centric uh, episode next week. We're going to get into uh, hip-hop nostalgia. And uh, that's it. 
we will talk to everybody next week. Peace. Peace.